Welcome to Invest in Women, the podcast series, your insight into the growing wealth of women and the issues that impact their business and yours. See what happens when you educate, empower, and invest in women. The Invest in Women podcast is so proud to have Schwab Advisor Services as our sponsor. Schwab is passionate about helping independent registered investment advisors find new ways to grow their business and attract diverse talent to our industry. Explore your path to independence at advisorservices.schwab.com. Welcome to Invest in Women, the podcast series. I'm Antoinette Rodriguez, social media editor at Financial Advisor Magazine. Our guest for today's episode four is Stacy Brown Randall. She is the award-winning author of Generating Business Referrals Without Asking and host of Roadmap to Grow Your Business podcast. Joining us from Charlotte, North Carolina. Welcome to our podcast, Stacy. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So Stacy, we were talking about stories earlier when we were um, when we had our kind of pre-talk. Tell us the story of how you and why you decided to focus on referrals as a niche. You know, I really wish I could tell this fabulous story where I just woke up one day and God was like, you're going to be brilliant when it comes to referrals. But ultimately, I am where I am today through the school of hard knocks. I actually had a first business. It was a consulting firm that after four years with big name clients like KPMG and Ally Bank, it actually failed. And I found myself back in corporate America, which is really hard to do once you've kind of been out on your own and experienced that entrepreneurial freedom. But when I looked back, I was like, okay, other people have successful businesses. I was really good at what I did. Like, what was my problem? And business development was definitely a piece that I identified pretty quickly on that. Okay. I've got to figure this piece out better if I want to start another business. So I started paying attention to where did my clients come from with that consulting firm? And they were all from networking. And now I, well, during that time, but definitely now I'm a mother of three kids. So like networking all the time is just not only is it not possible, it's not a reality. It's not where I want to spend my time. So when I started my second business, I was like, I've got to do this without pounding the pavement and networking all the time. So I was like, okay, well, the best way to get business is referrals. And then I was like, well, how many referrals did my first company get? Big fat goose egg, none. Like my very first business, it actually got its own referral two years later after I had shut it down when I was back in corporate America. But where I landed in between my business failure and starting the business I have now, which we are now going strong for almost 10 years, where I landed was actually in a financial services company. And so as I was figuring out, okay, how do I want to grow my next business? What did I do wrong with my first business? How are the different ways for me to grow my business? You know, there's a lot that they teach you, right? And particularly in financial services, it's like, you know, create the list of the 250 people that you know and call them off. Right now, I wasn't an advisor, so that wasn't something I had to do, but I watched how they trained being part of the training team. I watched how they trained the financial advisors. And it was a lot of networking, a lot of pounding the pavement, a lot of cold calling. And I'm looking at my old business and I'm thinking, how do I start another one? And then I paid attention to how they taught referrals. And I was like, oh, it's just these old school, old school traditional strategies of how they teach referrals. But referrals is the best, right? It's the best way to generate business. But yet we're teaching them to do it in ways that I was like, oh, no. That's not who I am. That's not my character. That's not what I want to be known for and my brand reputation. Why isn't there another way 
to generate referrals. And when I made the decision to leave that corporate job at that financial services company and start the business that I have now, I said, okay, we're going to figure out referrals and we're going to figure it out differently. And that truly is what started me on the journey is I needed to figure out referrals in a way that they would work for me and be successful selfishly because I didn't want to land up. I didn't want to end up with another business failure, right? I'm a member of the club. I don't need to be a two-time member of the club. One time is fine. And so for me, I just decided to try different things and do um, different strategies and different tactics. And really that's what started me on my journey to reverse engineer why referrals happen in the first place. But for me, it was selfish. I wanted my second business to be successful and I wanted it to grow in a way that would work for me, you know, in a way that suited who I was, my personality, my character, but also my lifestyle as a mother of, you know, wife and mother to three kids that have very, very active lives. Thank you. It reminds me of when I was a financial advisor at Merrill Lynch. That was just about when the do not call list came out. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, has there ever been a situation in America where 150 million of us have agreed on anything? And so (laughs) and instantly agreed on it instantly. (laughs) Listen, and then, of course, we had a lot of rules and compliance, made sure that we didn't do that. But as you know, a lot of those methods were romanticized, even in the movie, you know, Pursuit of Happiness with uh, Will Smith in the early uh, what we call the days. So we time and place. Right. Yes. Um, One of the major reasons to that point, and there's a segue, that more women don't become financial advisors is because we're not comfortable with hard selling. How does your referral system help with this issue? You know, first, I love how you asked that question because you're right. A lot of women aren't comfortable with hard selling. Doesn't mean we're not capable, but it means we're not comfortable. And at the end of the day, doing something like that that you have to do day in and day out, you need to be comfortable with it and it needs to work. Like at the end of the day, what we're going to do needs to work for us and it should work. And so the idea behind referrals, though, if you truly understand why referrals allows you not to do the hard selling, it starts with understanding all the facets that are referrals. But at the heart of it, they come from relationships, right? Referrals are more likely to happen, right, with someone that you are in a relationship with, whether they're a client or they're a center of influence, a COI, um, and they make the decision to put their reputation on the line and send a new client for you, or send a new client to you. And I think that's the the piece that most folks were like, yes, this is so much better than the hard selling because referrals are about nurturing and cultivating relationships, The problem is that you then have to know how to do that the correct way so that it actually produces referrals while always honoring the relationship that you have with your client or center of influence. And I think that's the piece that referrals kind of fits into. It's the easiest and best way to grow your business if you can cultivate the right referrals. And it eliminates that need for that hard selling because referrals aren't about that. Referrals are about you taking care of what we call a referral source. It's another human who has the potential and the desire and the opportunity to refer to you. And that is a big piece of how particularly financial advisors should be growing their business because the industries I work in, when I'm helping them generate referrals, typically they're not transactional. They're highly relationship-driven businesses, and there's a lot of trust involved. Like you got to trust somebody to manage your millions, right? You got to trust somebody to, you know, completely redesign your house if you're working with like an interior designer or an attorney who's going to help you solve a business problem. Like these are decisions we make, whether it's someone managing your money, 
you know, whatever it looks like. These are decisions that we make where there's a high level of trust with the person who's going to be doing it. And that makes those environments right for referrals if you understand how best to take care of those relationships that could actually provide referrals to you. Yes, they are. the quote is that people have the hardest time talking about money just about any, <laughs> above any other topic. So of course the foundational trust has to be there. So as far as a referral, right? We go back to definitions. What is the right way to, that you would define a referral? How do you define it? I think some people think that question is so like, oh, of course I know the definition. And then when I start to unpack it, they're like, oh, there's a little nuanced to it. And the reason for this, it's because for decades, people have used other terms interchangeably with referrals. So people will assume an introduction is the same as a referral, or they'll assume that word of mouth buzz or word of mouth referral is the same thing as a referral, or even a warm lead is the same thing as a referral. And they're not, those are actually four different sales terms and four different types of like types of prospects that show up in your business. And so when you think about why you want a referral, so let's start there in 20, I think that's super important for us to define why do we want a referral? So just think about it from your days, right? When someone's like, hey, I've got a client that I want to refer to you. Why did that get you so excited? Because it was, to me, I do have a marketing background. It was considered a warm lead. Yes. <laughs> so I wouldn't have to go through all of the, well, some of the relationship building that I basically was being introduced to someone and got their capital, right? Their trust capital. Yes. And so they showed up already trusting you, which meant that they were usually quicker and easier to close because of that trust that was there. And typically they're less price sensitive because they've already established your level of credibility and value you because of that trust. So if you think about a referred prospect is all those things, right? They show up with trust, quicker, easier to close, less price sensitive. They just want to get it done because you've been the person that's been recommended to them to get it done. Well, then it means for that to be real, right? There's got to be two parts of how we define a referral for that to ultimately be what we receive, which is number one, they've got to be connected to you. For that trust to be transferred and for that person to really feel like they can trust you when they don't even really know you, you get to skip ahead, right? And the whole entire relationship building part of the process is because the trust is there and that trust is transferred when you're connected by the referral source, which is just the term we use for the, the person who's going to refer you, right? You're connected by the referral source to the prospect. So there's a lot of times where people are like, hey, just call her. She'll be great. Right. And then you're like, and then they tell you, oh, yeah, I totally told my neighbor they should call you. And then you're like, Doo -doo, who's the neighbor? And there's somebody out there who needs me, but I'm not connected to them. The trust is actually transferred again when that connection is made. Typically in today's age, it's made over email. It can be made on a group text thread. It can be made in person when people are actually all at the same event. But usually it's going to be made over email. You want to be connected by the referral source to the prospect. So number one is, per, is the personal connection. Number two is need identified. The prospect knows that they're the prospect. They are looking for a new financial advisor. They know they have a problem and they're open to being connected to you and meeting with you to see if you can solve the problem, right? You couldn't ask for a better type prospect to show up, right? Like, yes, they're connected and trust you. And what makes them quicker and easier to close and less price sensitive is because they know they have a problem and they're ready to move through the process to decide if you're the person to help them. So when you think about a referred prospect, I want you to always think about it from the perspective of they've been connected to you. And of course, that they have that need identified. They know they're the prospect. 
That doesn't mean that introductions and word of mouth buzz and warm leads can't be flipped into referrals, but I want you to be really clear when one arrives because how you go through your sales process completely gets to change because the trust has already been established. And I need you to know that, right, as it's starting so that it's how you handle your sales process and move them to ultimately becoming a client of yours. Um, but a lot of people will get an introduction and think it's a referral, and then they'll miss cues and part of the process that they need to be able to figure out, was this a client at all? And so that's why we always say, you've got to know what's arriving. You've got to be able to define it correctly so you know how to respond and you know what the expectation should be. Right. It reminds me of that question, how long does it take when you first meet a person till the time they become a client? It can vary significantly in financial services. The average is about 18 months, but the disintermediation, the one thing that could truncate that time dramatically is a, is a trusted referral. Yes, it'll just shorten that time. And, yeah. you know, the other thing is that that idea that they know they need you. Right. If I have my wealth manager and everything is great in my life and I don't ever want a new wealth manager, it doesn't matter how many times someone tells me how amazing you are. I have no need. So I have no need to talk to you. And so many times we spend time talking to people that don't have a problem we can solve or don't want to acknowledge <laughs> that they have a problem we can solve. And until they get to that point without that need, it doesn't, it doesn't move. It doesn't go anywhere. And then we spend time spinning our wheels. So yeah, that's why it's always recognizing that referred prospect. It shortens the time for a lot of different reasons. Sure. Urgency and uh, time and place, money in motion, right? <laughs> What do you feel financial advisors typically get wrong when it comes to receiving referrals? Yeah, so, you know, it's interesting. I work with a lot of financial advisors and helping them establish referral strategies within their business. And nine times out of 10, they will have, will have a conversation. And it'll go like this. They're like, well, I've been taught that I have to ask for referrals, right? And I have to, who I'm asking, when I'm asking, how I'm asking, I'm taking advantage of reciprocity during the prospect meeting or the client meeting. Like there's this, how I've been taught to do it, or I have to network to know a ton of people so that there's a ton of opportunity for people to refer me, right? So usually what they come to me with and what they're getting wrong is that I've been taught I have to do this. But what most of them know is that's not working or it's not right for me, but they just didn't know there was a different way to generate referrals. So most of what people, most of what advisors get wrong about referrals comes down to, it's been hammered into them, right? I mean, they've been like beaten over the head with, here's how you generate referrals. And it's all about the asking, or it's all about networking to know a ton of people, or you abdicate and you're like, well, I'm just going to hope they show up. And I'm going to hope that my clients will refer me. And most of the conversations I have with advisors who tell me, oh, I do get a lot of my business from referrals. I always say, how long have you been in the industry? And the answer is always, oh, 20 plus years. 20 years. Well, I don't know anybody at the five-year mark that's like, oh, great. I'll Bye. get referrals in 15 more years. I just got to wait it out. So there is something to be said, though, for understanding what you've been taught, right? Whether you have never done it because you didn't like it or you did it begrudgingly and it didn't work. That's just all the industry has ever taught you. When you look at the science behind how referrals ultimately happen, like why and how they work, right? And then you look at how you're supposed to utilize them within your sales strategy, that helps you understand the, the, all the, the points of making referrals work for you. So usually it's the old advice people believe and they don't like it, so they do nothing. Or they've always just done nothing because they never liked the old school advice. 
But really it comes down to understanding why do referrals happen from a scientific perspective and then understanding referrals aren't part of your prospecting and your marketing, right? If I teach you, like when people teach that referrals are part of prospecting, that's when the tactic is you got to ask for them because that's short-term mentality. As quick as I can get you to the prospect, just ask everybody you know for referrals. And if I if someone teaches you that referrals are really about being promotional and gimmicky, putting in your email signature, the greatest compliment you can give me is a referral, which lots mm-hmm. of advisors do. They put in their email signature or their newsletters, right? And it's, nice. well, that's really like 15 years ago, that was new and novel and had a little bit of an impact. Now, no one's even paying attention to it and it's not triggering referrals. The truth is, if, if when someone teaches you be promotional or be gimmicky, right, then they're teaching you referrals from a marketing perspective. But if you actually look where referrals fit within your sales strategy, you have prospecting, you have marketing, and then you have referrals. And they're separate. And the activities are different. The end users of what you're doing is different. And even the mindset is different within each of those three. And they're all three good, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you need to have all three parts to your sales strategy. But most people have taught for decades that you take referrals and you slam them into prospecting or marketing, that's where those tactics, those old school tactics come from. And I look at it as, no, your sales strategy is a three-legged stool and you need a referral plan that's specific for how you're going to generate referrals. And then there's lots of strategies within that. Most businesses don't need them all, but there's a couple of foundational pieces. But this also has to do with why a referral happens in the first place. And the hardest Mm -hmm. thing for someone to recognize is a referral to you is not about you. You just happen to be getting a new client but that's not why that referral was made in the first place. And so that's where we kind of get into the science piece of how referrals actually work and happen. So to that point, and I know our advisors are very interested like behavioral finance, and can you talk to us a little bit more about the science part of it? Yeah, so when you look at the science behind why referrals happen, there's a piece of it that's gonna come out of like the brain in terms of the feel-good chemicals in our brain um, that create that uh, trifecta happiness, that happiness trifecta of when those kind of like chemicals are produced in the brain, like dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, right? Like when those are produced in the brain, that usually is triggered when we're helping somebody, right? So that's the helping piece. It's just not helping you. It's helping the person who's like, I really need a new advisor, or I really need to look at some different strategies, or I've outgrown the advisor that I'm with for. I've never had one. I probably should get one, right? And so they're helping somebody else that they know. And then that the in the brain, what's actually triggered for them and why they want to connect them to someone who can help them is because they're helping their friend, their colleague, their coworker, Right. They're helping somebody who has a problem. And that's the brain piece of the science that says, oh, the happiness trifecta is going to be kicked into gear because I'm helping. The second piece is understanding it's, it's based in psychology and it's based on psychology of relationships and social networks and trust. And so understanding how all those pieces factor in to how you take care of your referral sources and how you make sure that you're taking care of them and honoring them while also being able to cultivate referrals from them, that all comes down to that trust factor. And then obviously recognizing who's the best people to refer you, understanding that from a social networks perspective too. But that's that whole psychology piece of like how we identify who's going to refer us and what that's ultimately going to look like to take care of them. And then the third piece is actually behavioral economics. 
And that piece is really about looking at, now I know a lot of people will say, well, in behavioral economics, that's where reciprocity lives. And I believe some people use reciprocity for evil and some people use it for good. (laughs) My strategy is just using it for good. It's not about, hey, I just made you a super happy, this is where you use it for evil. I just made you a super happy client. Now I'm going to take advantage of that reciprocity and ask you to refer me to all your friends. I think that's using reciprocity within behavioral economics for evil, right? I mean, okay, I probably just offended somebody because they're like, oh gosh, I've done that. But what I just mean is, is that it's for your benefit, not for the potential referral sources benefit. And everything I teach is about protecting that referral source relationship, because that's how you get consistency and sustainability of referrals from them. But if you look at reciprocity in terms of the fact that when you are taking care of them and nurturing that relationship, that then they actually look for ways to support you. And a lot of this happens subconsciously. And it's not like you're, you're saying, you love working with me, now give me a referral, right? You're taking care of them. We create this plan of how we take care of our referral sources so that they continue to give us more referrals. And a lot of that is the language that we use that kind of subconsciously plants those referral seeds of thinking about referring us, but it all comes from a place of gratitude, right? And the thankfulness that they do refer you. And so there's this idea behind behavioral economics when you're thinking about reciprocity, surprise and delight, and the priming that really kind of help a referral source get to a place where they're consistently referring you. The reality of it is everything I teach is built on the foundation that referrals come from relationships and relationships have to be maintained. And your number one job is to protect the relationship you have with your referral source so that you can have sustainability and longevity of receiving referrals from them, which means the language we use, the what we do, all of that comes from a place of being authentic and being genuine and creating something that works for you. Um, And I think that is what really makes me different from a lot of the other strategies and tactics that are out there because they're driven behind the, you want a referral? Just go ask everybody for it. Don't worry about if it's awkward. Don't worry about if you make them uncomfortable. Don't worry about if they run from you the next time they see you because all you do is ask, right? It's really looking at it from, there's a whole human dynamic thing happening. And the people who refer you, they're your people. Like you should want to take care of them in a better way. And that actually will allow you to get more referrals too. Well, you know, in a financial planning uh, space, the, the term annuitized business is business that you get at the beginning, January 1st, you automatically get this new, um, or get a consistent flow of business. So the care and feeding of your referral sources is a form of annuitized relationships, right? Yes, the perfect. Le- I love leverage that. Leverage of scale. <laughs> yeah. So this time has gone so fast. I wanted to find out from you um, and your podcast. I know you describe a tool you developed called the Referral Ninja Roadmap. Is that? Yeah. So the truth is when you're in business, right, whether you've been a financial advisor for a couple of years or longer or any type of business that you're in, at the end of the day, people need to know, like, where do you need to start when it comes to referrals? And there's different places based on the referral generation or how long you've been in business of where you should start. And the truth is, I have like 18 strategies that people can deploy in their business. Everything from planting referral seeds in social media to transferring the relationship from one advisor to another advisor and making sure you transfer that referral source relationship the correct way so they keep referring you. Like there's a ton of different strategies, like the quality of referrals you're receiving. And so when some people like they come, they're like, I need it all, I think, but I'm not really sure. What I always say is we need a starting point to figure out where are you now 
And then where do you want to go? And so we use the roadmap to help people identify like who are your referral sources now? Because if you have more than five people referring you consistently, that is your low-hanging fruit within your practice. And I want you to learn that strategy as fast as possible to put the existing referral source strategy in place. But if you're newer in business or you only have like four or less people referring you, well, we need more people referring you. So what's the correct way to cultivate clients and COIs into referral sources? So the roadmap kind of helps you understand where am I starting from and what does my next step need to be? And so we do a lot within our free resources of, okay, let's identify your referral sources so you know where to go and what strategy you need. Um, Because there are a number of them you may need to deploy in your business. You're only ever going to start with one, but it's kind of like we use this referral ninja quiz to let you know like where you're starting from. And then the roadmap kind of helps you understand, okay, now where am I going? from here. And then once you're inside any of our programs, whether you're in any of our online programs or our group coaching experience, we continue that roadmap theme so that you know you're making progress the way you're supposed to. Excellent. Well, I'm sure my audience wants to know, how do they get a hold of you or find out more information about you? Well, I make it really easy. All the information you need is actually on my website. It's my best home base. It's stacybrownrandall.com. Stacy is spelled with an E. As uh, my mother always says, that is the correct way <laughs> to spell Stacy. But so they can just go to the homepage and really they can find, you know, access to my book, the podcast, any, we have a freebies page they can link to from the top of the page where it says freebies. Just you can download some free resources to help you as well. But even on that homepage, it'll walk you through, okay, let's look at where you are and then let's look at what strategy you need to start with. And so everything is right there for them to be like, this is my starting point and making that decision. But again, I always tell folks, start consuming the information on my website, whether it's my podcast or my book or any of our free resources, like the Referral Ninja Quiz, because at the end of the day, you've got to have the right mindset for my program and process and methodology to work. And so I always tell folks, spend a little time getting to know it. And with you're like, yes, this is for me, the homepage, stacybrownrandall.com has everything you need to get started. On behalf of Financial Advisor Magazine, we would like to thank Stacy Brown Randall for her contribution to our Invest in Women mission. To all of you, our audience, and to our sponsor, Schwab Advisor Services. In our next Invest in Women podcast, episode five, our guest will be Kristen Andre. She is the founder of the Andre Consulting Group. They're a strategy and accountability firm that specializes in building mental toughness and tactical steps to help professionals level up and out. You won't want to miss episode five. Thank you for listening to Invest in Women, the podcast series. Your insight into the growing wealth of women and how to attract and retain your female clients and help scale your practice. Learn more by subscribing to this podcast or visiting fa-mag.com.